we were trying to find a volunteer, and we were just having a really hard time. So I had a really cool idea. I told Pastor Ken, George has a couple more weeks left with us. We have a joke going around. Let's make George come, and let's baptize him to test the tank. So I texted him the day before. I was like, why don't you just bring your swimming trunks, and we're just gonna, we have the tank. It was set up right here. And we're just going to baptize you. So morning comes along. Next, It was Wednesday. He texts me. He's like, I'm sorry. I have an ear infection. I can't do it. You have to bring your swim shorts. So, okay. I was literally, because it was so hot out, I sat on my little scooter in my summer clothes. I got my swim shorts on, my glasses. I came here. Came in dressed for, for the summer. <clears throat> the funny thing was, we actually had a, a, a couple that was at the church at the time. People that have been around forever. Paul and Betty. I don't know if some of you know them. But they, they were around. And uh, yeah, they were really happy to witness me being rebaptized <laughs> And me recommitting my life to Jesus. It was funny because uh, Pastor Ken did it once, twice. With it, you know, just testing it out. And then Pastor Ken was like, hey George, why don't you come and do it? So George came over. He baptized me too. And it was a fun. It was a fun time. We had. Uh, he has something to put on his resume as he moves on with you know whatever God has for him, or just you know for the future. Hey, I, I baptized Pastor David, and Paul was also. Paul was joking. Paul, Paul was like, "Oh, now I can, um, you know, I have something to tell my grandkids. You know, you know, I, bapt- I, I witnessed your baptism. <laughs> so that was funny. Anyhow." Lots of good stuff happening around the church. And tonight is going to be special. We're going to have a impartation service here. Um, I want to invite you to come. It's going to be a good time. We, those are the special evenings where we just let the Holy Spirit flow. And we don't have a lot of agenda. We just, uh, we just come, in, come in for a ride. Uh, today uh, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, something that's been on my heart. Um, and uh, last year, about this time, I was talking about mind and renewal of mind and what that means. And today, I want to focus on that as well, again. Uh, but then I had, I had some d- different titles of, for the message. Um, I finally zeroed on, 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 on sound mind. That's what I want to speak about. And then, as I was going through this, and I thought, you know what? Maybe the best title for my message would, would be simply this. Steadfast and Immovable. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about steadfast and immovable in a different context. But then I thought about this because somebody came up to me recently and, and uh, asked me. Some of you know that we've gone through some loss in our, in our family uh, and friends. And somebody asked me, like, how are you able to uh, just, like, do this? You know, like, you have so much going on and you've been through, like, the hard, hardest part of your life. And, and I thought to myself, well... Well, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of things, but it's definitely God. God is number one. He's the one that gives me strength. And uh, in this world, um, there's a lot, a lot of emphasis on mental health. And uh, myself personally as well, coming from my, my family, some of you, some of you know, have been around forever. You know my story about my mom was struggling with mental health and uh, was mentally ill. And that whole journey of me being where I'm at today, uh, but... Um, mental health is important. I think we should talk more about it. But it's got, it's all, mental health has a lot to do with our mind, the way we think. And it, it all starts here. So when I look at the world and what's happening in, in, in the world, 
there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of post-pandemic stuff. People are confused, uncertain, fearful about the future. But one thing is certain, and that is this. That God's heart and a plan for you are greater than what you think and what you know right now in this moment. That God has a plan for your life and He has a purpose for your life. And I always like to say that because no matter what I go through in life, I can always be reminded of that truth. That God has a plan. So, uh, sound mind. Uh, <clears throat> when I talked about this last year, I talked about new mind and old mind and how that all works. And the scripture tells us that we, as when we become Christian, we get a new mind, the mind of Christ, uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16. But then uh, <clears throat> I was mentioning uh, about the software update, and I, and I want to mention that analogy just because it makes sense to, to the life that we live in today and how we, how we are wired. If you know anything about computers or software or cell phones, if your cell phone gets old enough, they make it so that you have to buy a new one every two, three years. You know, if, you, if your software is not up to date, you just can't run new apps. And that actually just happened to, happened to us recently. Uh, uh, we had a computer at home that wasn't going to run a certain software. And, and I'll tell you, I spent an hour and a half of just struggling trying to install this uh, updated version of Adobe on our computer that had an old operating system. It was like on and on. I just kept on going and kept on going. And then, like after an hour, I was like, why don't I just update to a new like, operating system? I guess that should solve the issue. And it did. I literally just wasted an hour of my life trying to do something that was not possible because um, <clears throat> I was just forcing something that didn't work. And then the scripture that I use, the Romans 12, renew your mind daily so that you can you know what what's God's perfect will, but God's perfect will for your life is. So Jesus died for many, many, many things. And I really believe that he died for one, one amazing thing, and that is to give you a sound mind and a peace of mind. So that no matter what you go through in this life, you can be steadfast and immovable. No matter what storm you experience, you can be steadfast, immovable, and you can have a sound mind. Proverbs 23, 7. I'm going to start with this. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The scripture tells us. And then for all the women in the house. As the woman thinks in her heart, so is she. How you think is how you're going to act. And, and how you think is, is what you're actually going to do. And everything that you've ever done in your entire life, the summary of all of your actions, all the bad ones, all the bad decisions you've ever made, started in your mind with your thoughts, thinking about it, dwelling on it, and then going ahead and doing it. Romans 8.6 says this, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So Jesus came. He left. He left us the Spirit. Gave the Spirit. The Holy Spirit that lives in us. And if we live by the Spirit, we will experience this life in, in fullness of life and peace. So, sound mind. I'm here to tell you one big truth that you might not have heard. Or maybe you have. But I'll say it again. You can have a sound mind in the storms of life and in this life, no matter what.
You have the authority over your thoughts. You have complete, 100% authority over what you're thinking about. And you're not a victim to your thoughts. You have God-given power over your thoughts, and you can choose and you can make a decision. This is so simple, but it's a huge game changer, and I'll say it again. You have the authority over your thoughts. Your thoughts are thoughts, and you're the one who can choose them. Somebody mentioned this once, and, and it's been said over and over again. If you master your mind, you will master your life. And our mind is not only affected by our thoughts, but it is governed, and it is defined by our thoughts. How do some people turn out this way, and some people turn out the, this the other way? How do some people, you know, you would have a, a person in a situation, and something is going to happen, and then you have two people in a situation, and one person is going to be so shaken and so distraught, and he's going to just take them, take them maybe out, maybe get the rug from their feet and just knock them all out. And the other person in the same situation is just going to, it's not going to rattle them, it's not going to do anything to them, they're just going to say, meh. They're not rattled. How do some people end up with them just struggling, just constant struggle? Mental health issues, thinking about this, thinking about this, thinking about that, thinking going through this, going through that. Not having the strength to carry out responsibility. Not having uh, <clears throat> common sense. Common sense is very rare to find. I was talking to one of, one of the uh, workers that is trying to find people for his business. Really nice gentleman from our church. And he said, David, one thing that I just have a really hard time finding nowadays is common sense. People that will do something, just common sense. Like, this is how you do it. This is how it's always been done. You don't have to, it's, it's like, just common sense. You know, and because we are creatures created by God with, we have mind, soul, and spirit. You've heard this many times before. Our spirit was reborn. As if we accepted Jesus, we believe in Jesus, we, we are reborn in our spirit. But then our, our, our spirit affects our mind, our will, and our emotions, which is our soul, which is where the, the word psych, psych, psych come, comes from. Or mental health. And our mind, our will, and our emotions are affected by the Spirit. But those things are being sanctified as long as we live. And here's the greatest truth that you might... One of the greatest truths when it comes to the soul. Your mind and your thoughts affect the way you feel and what you do. And if your mind is not in the right space, if you don't have a sound mind, you are probably going to do something really stupid, or you will not do anything, you just will not feel to do anything, you just be like, I just have no will to do anything, and your emotions are going to be just all over the place. And uh, because, our, see, our emotions and our actions are controlled by our mind, they don't have, um, the engine is the mind, the emotions are just a byproduct of what we're thinking. And the actions are just a byproduct of what we're thinking. So um, it's really important that we understand that and that we know that it's not, it's how we feel um, is usually caused by something that we were thinking about or something that was said, something that we thought, something that we remember, something that we watched, something that we read, and on and on. But <clears throat> your emotions and your actions, your emotions do not have intellect and they're controlled by your mind. So, I don't know if you ever have, but uh, have you ever met a person 
And no matter what life throws their way, they're just steady. They're not rattled. They have faith in God. The confidence is in God. And there's nothing they can take them out. Have you ever met that, that kind of person? I have. Pastor Kenny is one of them. But I've met many people that are just like, it doesn't matter what happens. They just, my faith is in God. So we have a choice about what we're going to think about. We have a choice about what we're going to worship, what we're going to focus on. Just simply as you have a choice when you go to a restaurant today or whenever, and you're about to pick you, you have a menu, and you're going to pick what you're going to eat. Just like that. You have a choice about what you think about. And here's another big truth. You're not subject to your genetics. (laughs) You're not subject to... Uh, your thoughts and emotions, especially your genetics, because you have a choice. We have a lot of people that say, well, um, you know, my mom, I come from a family of alcoholics, so I'm an alcoholic. Or I come from a family of um, uh, people struggling with mental health, so I struggle with mental health too. You know, I'm the true testament of that, that, you know, I come from a family, my my mom's whole side, uh, mental health issues, we're all fine, and I'm fine. And I'm going to declare that over my life for the rest of my life. I'm fine. And I'm going to work through things. You see, when you... <clears throat> Thank you. All glory to God, not to me. This is, uh, this is a, a long process. But, you see, sound mind is what God wants to give us. And He wants us to work towards. And if you've ever struggled with staying put... In the storms of life, being steady, there is an answer. And the answer is usually found in a very simple book that we all have at home on our phones. So, a sound mind is a gift for a sound life that God wants to give us. And there's many great men and women of God in scriptures that have had the sound mind. Uh, in, especially during a storm. And this is what, how I define sound mind. In, in this sense, what I want to talk about this morning. A sound mind is being in unity with God's thoughts. That's what sound mind is. Being in unity with God's thoughts. So, basically, your mind being connected with God's mind. Your mind being connected to, to what is it that God wants. What is it, what's God's will? What is, he, what is He thinking about? What, what are His thoughts? And then when I look at the scripture and the people in the scripture, I obviously I think about Jesus. I think about Peter, I think about Paul, I think about there's so many men, so many great men of God that have had sound mind. You see, when I think about Jesus taking a nap in the middle of the biggest storm on the lake, while the apostles were there in in, in a boat with them, that's what I think of when I think about sound mind. When I think of Peter being thrown into the prison and still singing praises, still singing songs, worshipping, that's what I think of when I think of sound mind. When I think, of, when I think about Pastor Paul, who was, has many troubles, issues, being beaten, being thrown, just all kinds of issues. But then he, in, in being in the prison at the end, and being content where he's at, and just being encouraged, and just wanting to encourage others, and talk about joy, and talk about peace, and all this stuff that we were going to read soon. He, he, he wrote from the cell, When I think about Paul, the guy who's been through it all, I think about sound mind. 
And there's a formula. He gave it to us himself. He was in a, in a physical prison, but he left us a formula of how to not be in a prison in your mind. And you know why some people are not physic- in a physical prison? But they're imprisoned in their minds, and they live their life day by day being imprisoned in their thoughts, and not really reaching the full potential that God has for them because they live in prison. And I think that's actually worse than being in a physical prison. When you're in your mind, you're, you're, you're locked up. So, here's the two biggest issues, two biggest areas of why people are in the prison and why they stay there. When people are struggling, going through. When people are shaky and movable. <laughs> the opposite of steady, steady and immovable. So when people are shaky and immovable, usually two things. One is they have the wrong view of God, of who God is. And they have a wrong view of themselves, who they are in Christ, and their identity. It's usually, it always comes down to those two things. If you're struggling, you either have a wrong view of yourself or a wrong view of God. And you have to go back to the truth. Who is God and who am I? So, the question is, how do you see God? And how do you see yourself? And A.W. Tozer said this, one of my favorite quotes. When we put God in his rightful place in our lives, a thousand problems are at once solved. I'll read it one more time because it's very heavy. When you put God in his rightful place in our lives, a thousand problems are at once solved. See, Satan will come. Scripture calls him the father of all lies. And John, and he lied to us, and he lied to us, and he lied to us about who God is, and he lied to us about who we are, and what we are, and how we are. But, here's the big idea. Bad thoughts that we don't imprison will imprison us, and we will be in a prison in our thoughts. What we need to do is we need to actively do this daily, is put those bad thoughts in the prison where they belong. And I'm going to start with reading this scripture from Philippians because I think it's so powerful. When I spoke on joy a few, few uh, weeks ago, I spoke from these scriptures and I read these, but I didn't go into the second part. And I'm going to the second part now because um, it's so important. And here's the Philippians 4, 7 and 8. This is what he says. <clears throat> Be anxious for nothing, But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, here's a sound mind. Peace of God will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. And then, here's the the answer. How do we get there? Well, finally, Apostle Paul says, writing in a prison cell, surrounded by the prison, not knowing what's coming, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, good report, any virtue, anything that's praiseworthy, meditate on those things. Other translations, think about those things. It's all about thoughts. Think about these things. And I could probably make a sermon for each one of these, but I'm just going to focus on the first one, which is 
meditate or think on the things that are true. True things. What is true? What is the truth? That's the secret for a sound mind. How do we go from here today? How do we, uh, how do we stop struggling? How do we... See, um, Jesus came to give us a new mind. And He came to fix any broken mind. So if there is a broken mind, Jesus can fix it. He can fully heal it. He can fully restore it. And the fact is, all of us before Jesus have had um, things. Things that we need healing from. From our past, our experiences, interactions, names we were called when we were kids, things we were told, and on and on and on. And usually the enemy who like I mentioned, is a liar, will bring those things and he'll attempt over and over and over to get us to believe those things again, those lies. Things are not, things are not true. And this is why it's so important for us to learn how to renew our mind, to control, to control our thoughts and to bounce things off of the truth. The truth. Here's the truth. And there's three fundamental lies that we all believe. You might have heard this before. But this is what they are. You're unloved, unlovable, you're worthless, and you're helpless. Those are three fundamental truths. Everything that we believe that's negative always comes into these three categories. But Jesus came to tell you that you're lovable, you're worthy, and you're okay. You're not helpless. You're okay. So here's three things I want to just fully share with you really quick of things that we need to do uh, to control our mind, to control our thoughts. Number one is we need to expose the lie. Ephesians 5.11 says this, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose them. You see, since our mind is a hub, every battle that we ever have starts here. The thoughts and experience that we have, we, we, we realize that um, there are many, 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 many lies. There are somewhere stored up in our, maybe not conscious mind, but subconscious mind that we need to expose and we need to call out. Because what we don't expose, we don't overcome. What we don't put on a light, it will stay in the darkness. And it will be dark. The light came. Jesus came to expose the darkness. And you need to know what you're up against if you want to overcome it. So first, that's what we have to do. We have to realize where, where, that our, this is where our battle is. It's in the spiritual. It's in our mind. And the enemy is fighting for your mind. He wants to take over. He wants to influence you. So we need to expose those lies. We need to tell them out loud. Tell them to others. Say those things out loud. I always say, it's good to find have a really good, close, trustworthy friend that you can share something with. A pastor, a counselor. Because when you name a lie, when you expose a lie, that lie needs the truth. And that's going to be one of the points. To expose it. To replace it. So, expose the lie. Number one. Number two. 
is lock up the lie. Lock it up. Put it in the prison. Take it captive. Put it in the rightful place. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds are the lies that have been planted in people's minds. And that's a tactic that the enemy has been using to keep people in bondage. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought. I know a lot of people here, especially the ladies, don't like the spiders. And in our house, we have spiders. You're welcome. You can come over. Uh, I have to kill the spiders because I've been ordered to kill the spiders in the house. So, you know, that's fine. I'll still kill them and it's fine. But I do love spiders. And you know why I love spiders? Not because they look cute and they're so awesome and they, you know. I just love spiders because they are on a mission. And they keep all the bugs and mosquitoes off of my, off of my back. Right? Don't you love that? Especially in a hot summer day. When you're sitting out there, you're trying to just have a, like a nice time. And then all you hear is like, Right? So, um, but what, one of the things that came to my mind when I was thinking about cap, cap to, taking your thoughts captive is spiders. If you've ever seen them, you probably have killed many. Probably ate a couple. Sorry. <laughs> I just have, they say that in a lifetime you eat some, like a couple of them, right? I think it's six and seven in a lifetime, if I'm right. So I'm, I'm probably about three now. But what I was going to say is when you look at the spider and the net and the web and you look at the spider just chilling on the web, and there's like a fly that's stuck there, and he's just minding his own business. You know, spider is just sitting there. The, the fly is just stuck going, and he knows that it's not going to go anywhere. It's stuck. It's, it's taken captive, basically. So spider is just going to wait and get hungry. <laughs> and when the spider gets hungry, he goes, and he sucks the life out of that bug, or whatever that is. So... You know, it came to my mind, like, how amazing it is that we take, the talks, we take these thoughts, lies, captive. And then we suck the life out of them. And they have no more power. They have no, no more power over you. So, that's the process of doing it continually. And never giving up. In Galatians 5.1, this is what it says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You probably heard this verse many times, and you've heard this one. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth. He's the way. He's the life. And because He's the truth, He will set us free. And because there is lies, Jesus needs to come in and take, take, care, of the, take care of the lies. He needs to come with His truth. His truth needs to become our truth. See, the enemy will always come, and he's going to whisper thoughts. And this is what I realized that I was preparing this message. There's actually three, um, there's three sources for our thoughts. 
Number one is obviously ourselves because we are humans. We live in this body and we think about things and we dwell on things. Number two is the enemy of our souls. The enemy who's fighting against your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then number three, the third source, obviously, is God. Have you noticed it's two against one? (laughs) The battle is intense. And because we live in this world, in this flesh, uh, oftentimes two take over. It's either us, and our thoughts of our, our thoughts are basically just thoughts of you know flesh and pleasure and what we want and how we want it, how we like it, how we like the AC and we don't like the high AC or we this and we that and you know oh I like I want to do this and I want to go. It's all about our pleasure. That's our thoughts. You know, that's 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 us as humans. But then you've got the enemy. You know, you're worthless. Remember what they said when you were a child. Remember what your dad said. You're a piece of blah. And that's what you are. And that's what you can believe and live with your whole life. And you know, remember what she said and what she just called you. That's what, that's you are. You're the worst husband ever. And you, you're like the worst mom. You don't even know how to raise your kids. Look at it. Look what you're doing. So these are the, the enemy's thoughts. Enemy's thoughts. About trying to make you feel worthless. And taking away your dignity. And then there's God's thoughts. God's thoughts. Also, enemy's thoughts are very powerful because what enemy does, he takes the painful memory experience and he uses that against us all the time. All the time. And in my life, uh, those that know me, I'm generally a pretty nice guy, but I have my bugs and spiders. And I... I like to always, and I remember as a, as a child, I always was doing this, and I always say this, and I'll say it again because I'm still working on it, but I always had to have an answer for everything growing up. I always had to have an answer or defense for something, for my thing that I did or thing that I said or something that was done. I always had to have an answer. That was a lie that I believed in until I <clears throat> went to therapy and had some things I had to deal with. But... Um, I realized that I don't have to give an answer to everything now. I don't have to be, uh, you know, I don't have to defend all the time, even though I do it here and there. And I'm still, it's still one of one of the battles that I'm that I'm going through. But it was a lie that I believed. You know, I have to always give an answer. I always have to say. I always have to say something. I don't have. I, I can just. I don't. I, I can't let it slide. I can't be like my my word has to be last. You know. So the messages that we hear often, you're not talented enough, you're not smart enough, nobody wants you, nobody cares, you're not good enough. And every thought that we have has a source. It's come from somewhere, from something. Something that was said, something that was done. So what the enemy wants to do, he wants to take, he wants to have some real estate in your mind. He wants to be a part of your mind and he wants to guide your thoughts and guide your actions and guide your emotions and he wants you to listen to him. Oh, you should be angry. You should keep being angry because, you know, they've done this to you. Or you should just just hold on to the bitterness, hold on to the forgiveness. Do not forgive them. They have not forgiven you. Don't go first one to apologize. Nope. Listen 
Just stay put. And on and on and on and on. And that's what the enemy wants to do. And it's usually all the lies that are opposed to the truth. The word of God. So, what do we need to do? The step three is simply this. We need to replace that lie with the truth. And I've said this before when I shared it last year. Is you write the truths down, the lies down, and the truths down. And the lies might have been, uh, you know, I am... I always have to have an answer for everything. And the truth is, no, I don't have to have an answer for everything. (laughs) You know, the lie is, you know, you should hold a grudge. Just hold a grudge because they're like this. No, the truth is I should forgive because that's, that's where the freedom is. And on and on and on. So, the biggest truth is found in the scripture... And in John 3.16 is that God so loved the world. And that includes your, your, yourself because we are the part of this, this, this life in this world. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. See, God's words and the truth of, of his words are final and are the most powerful ones. So what is true? What thoughts are true? What thoughts are not true? And that's the exercise that we have to ask ourselves daily. This thought, is that true? Or this thought, is that, is that true? Is that from me? Is that from God? God, help me discern this. And <clears throat> the way I want to illustrate this is, I don't know if you've ever been to the airport, but I remember once going to the airport, and I had just way too many metal things in my pockets. And I had to go to that detector a couple times, you know. Beep, you go through. Oh, what is it now? Beep. Like, sir, raise your hands. And then there's something there, something there. And it's like that, you know, like, uh, I came to my mind as we were talking You know, really, every single thought that we ever have should pass through a, uh, not metal detector, but truth detector. And the truth detector is right here. That's why I brought the Bible. I have all my digital Bible stuff, but that's why I brought the Bible, because this is the truth detector. Right here. It has to bounce off of this to see whether it stands, whether it's my truth, like the world says, just be true to yourself. Or whether it's God's truth. Do whatever you want. Whatever makes you feel good. Well, what does the Bible say about that? What is the truth in the Bible? So, the truth is, God has a plan for your life. And I'll say, I always say this, and whenever I speak, I'll say it again. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You were worth dying for. That's why Jesus came. If you were the only person that ever lived here, On this planet earth, Jesus would still come and die just for you. The truth is, you have the Holy Spirit, God Himself, living in you. Within you. The truth is, you have a purpose. The truth is, Jesus, when He was leaving this earth, He he went on to prepare the place for you. He went on to prepare the place for you. And trust me, it's way better than any other real estate you can purchase on this planet. Any island, private island you want to own. Way better, way bigger, way more magnificent. It's better than your house, trust me. The truth is, you have a choice. You have a choice. You're not a slave and you're not... Uh, you don't have to do what, what your parents, what your grandparents... You, you, where you come from doesn't define who you are. God's thoughts. Those are the God's thoughts. So if the enemy is trying to convince you that you're insignificant, you're unlovable, 
just remind him what God says about you. And there's a lot of truths here. And I could probably go through a list and list. And that's why I say it's so important to read this, to bounce it off the truth. But Psalm 139, uh, he, he cares about every single detail of your life. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Before you were ever born, he approved of you. Uh, Romans 8.38. He has a great, great plan for your life. Jeremiah 29.11. To give you hope in the future. And on and on and on. So the question is, what lies are consuming us? What lies do we believe in? What lies do we believe about God? What lies do we believe about ourselves? You need a clarity clarity and sound mind. And then what you need to do is you need to start filling your mind with the things of God. Things that are true. Things that are noble. Things that are good. And in these verses that we read, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in, with thankful heart, request, present your request to God. So you need to choose first to be grateful. You need to choose joy. You need to choose gratitude. You need to choose to rejoice. And then you need to choose to think about all these good things, the true things. To dwell on excellent things, lovely things. Whatever is true, think on that. Think on the truth of who you are in God. Of how much God loves you. So, you don't have to come up with a solution. Many times we think, oh, I need to come up with a solution. God already has a solution. All you have to do is just align yourself with His thoughts. His will. His word. Sometimes we know what the truth is, but we don't do it. We just let, we just believe the lies, and we just live in the lie, and then goes another day, and then goes another day, and it's like, like just recently we had loss after loss after loss, and I'm thinking, like you can choose to be depressed and sad about life and live on for the rest of your life, your life like that, or you can choose life, peace, happiness, joy. You can choose God, and you can say, you know what, God, you're in control. I'm not. So, we can get shaky when the enemy is speaking. And we can, uh, we can get shaky even when our thoughts come in. And our thoughts are usually off the flesh. They're not, generally not the best. But it is always important to just bounce it off the truth. The metal detector, the, the truth detector right here. Because this is what the truth is. This is how you're going to stay steady. How are you going to remain immovable? How are you going to stay sane in this insane world, crazy world that we live in? But at the same time, you're going to know that God is with you. Just like Jesus was in that boat with the apostles. You see, um, they were uh, panicking. They had all kinds of emotions and thoughts. And, and I even said it, the scripture even says, they, they thought they were going to die. They thought this was it. They're going to sink. It's over. And I feel like sometimes when we're in life and we're in a boat, just like those apostles, we are as well. Jesus is right there beside us. He's sleeping. He's chilling. He has a sound mind. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to be so concerned. You don't have to get worried. You don't have to. All these thoughts will come. But then you'll be able to discern, oh, this, this thought, no, it's not, it's not true. No, this thought, oh, this, this is a true thought. This is, this is from the scripture. I'm loved. 
And, and then you can just kind of live your life like that. And when the storms come, Jesus will be right there with you to command the storm. He got up and he said, why are you fearful? What's going on, guys? It was still stormy. Like, where's your fate? And then he just commanded the, the, you know, the storm to, to rebuke it. But, but then they realized, I, I, I was, we were just worrying for no reason. Like, we, why, were we going, why, were, why were we thinking about all these thoughts when Jesus was right there? Jesus is right there. He's right there with you in your boat. He's riding with you on your journey. <laughs> Don't take him out of the boat. Jesus is there. You can just say, Hey, Jesus. I don't know what's going on, but just please help me. I need your help. You can just go to him. You can just give him your thoughts, anxious thoughts, your worries, whatever is weighing you down, whatever you're struggling with. Just just give it to Jesus. He'll take care of it, just like he did of that storm. He'll take care of you. Amen? Amen. Why don't we just all stand? I want to pray for you this morning. But I want to encourage you one thing. I want to give you one challenge before I pray for you. And that's a very simple, practical challenge. You may not have a therapist. You may not have a... But find someone really close that you have, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your loved one, or someone you really trust, a trusted friend, colleague, maybe even a counselor. And think of one lie that you might believe about God or yourself that you may not even know it's, it's the lie, so you got to get back to reading some scriptures. <laughs> but think about a lie that, for example, for a woman in a room, you may think, you know, I'm not beautiful, not for nobody wants me. For a man in a, in a, in a room, you may, you may think, you know, I'm never going to become successful or uh, everybody hates me and, you know, my, my parents were just whatever and I'm just whatever and I'm always going to be angry or whatever. Whatever, whatever. whatever lies you believe about yourself. Take that just one lie and tell it to someone close. And hopefully to someone that has sound mind. Someone that's spiritually good. If you don't have those people, just come to me. Or there's a couple of people in our church that I can point out. And let those people speak the truth. And replace that lie with the truth. And see what happens. It's life changing. It's mindset free. It's no more bondage. No more lies. It's truth. And the truth will set you free. And Jesus, that what we, that's what we need today. That's what we need this morning. We need your truth about who we are, about who you are. We know that you're a loving Father that loves us and has a plan for us. We wouldn't be here standing if that wasn't so. And we know that you have a great plan for us. For those of, those of, um, those of us here standing this morning that are believing the lies, we pray that you would bring the truth and that you would replace the lies with the truth. And we pray that you would help us to become steady. To become immovable. Help us to choose the right thoughts. To go to the source of truth, which is your word, God. Help us to look to you when we need help. Help us to be reminded always 
that you're right there with us in the storm. And you're not going anywhere, Jesus. You're not going anywhere. And we can be strong in you because your Holy Spirit lives in us and gives us the strength, heals us, heals our emotions, our our mind. You can replace the bad thoughts with good thoughts. And, and we want to be able to imprison those bad thoughts when they come. Put them in a trifle place and just believe the truth about who we are, about who you are, Jesus. You are a loving Father and you love every single person in this room. And you have a plan for everyone. So we thank you for that. We thank you for your plans that are greater than ours. And we just choose to rest in that. We choose to have sound mind in Jesus' name. The mind of Christ in Jesus' name. I speak that and I declare that over this church, over this community, over our families, over our children. In Jesus' name. Sound mind. Mind of Christ. If you're coming tonight, we'll see you tonight here at the service, but have a wonderful